I get up every day and I have this little day starter and it just reminds me of things. And one of the things in my day starter that I say every day, I said it this morning when I got up and had some time with Jesus and just said this, I am loved by the Father, I'm saved by the Son, I am guided by the Spirit. Every day I, I, I remind myself, man, He loves me. Okay. Doesn't matter what happens today. Doesn't matter all my trying, all my efforts. Doesn't matter my failures. You, you understand I love you, right, Brad? Not all the time, God. But I just want to remind you again today, I love you. So if you're new, I, I just pray that over you today, that you just, if you leave today, that you just know that. Man, you're loved by God. He loves you despite your failures, loves you despite your striving and how hard you're trying in life to get things right and still screwing it up. Anybody? <laughs> I'm the only one? Wow, leave me hanging. Uh, but I just want you to know, man, God loves you so much. Uh, we are a people that just believe in the hope, healing, peace, and purpose of Jesus we believe you can find that today. We're going to be starting a, a brand new relationship series today, and I, I just really believe that uh, if you will press in, he is going to heal some relationships today. Um, but it's going to require it's going to require some stuff from you today. It might not be easy, uh, but you're going to have to do some things, be bold, um, and make some concrete steps that you maybe don't want to do, things that will require, require great humility out of you. It's so hard. Days like this are so hard, but I believe that you're going to be set free today. Anybody believe you're going to be set free? Come on, tell somebody, tell somebody you're going to be set free. Come on, tell three people, I'm going to, God's going to set you free. Tell a person behind you right now, God's going to set you free. Come on, tell a person behind you and in front of you, God is going to set you free today. All right, if you have a Bible, let's, let's get into it. Uh, we are going to be in the first Samuel. First Samuel's in the Old Testament. If you don't have a Bible... Uh, download you version. It's a great version of the Bible. Uh, I, I don't even know if I, if you're new, my name's Brad, by the way, and I'm the pastor. Sorry I didn't say that earlier. Uh, my wife, Laura, and I, if we didn't get to say hi, after service, come find us. We're always out by the front door. We'd just love to say hi to you. And if we can help you in any way, um, grab a next step card. You can put a prayer request on there, or if there's something that we can help you with, that's a great tool so you can get in contact with us and whatever we can do to help you understand the love of Jesus. So 1 Samuel chapter 20, we're in, a, we're in a brand new series that we're calling The Table. It's a, it's a relationship series. Uh, relationships typically happen a lot around uh, tables. We gather around tables. Uh, we gather around the tables in our homes, in our schools, uh, at the, in the workplace, restaurants, coffee shops. Relationships happen around tables. And so what we're going to be doing over the next four weeks and I know you're going to be here all four weeks. Give me a big amen. amen. That was not convincing enough. All right, but that's okay. God's going to work on you. I want you here all four weeks because this is going to radically alter your relationships. I think this is the most powerful relationship series I've ever done or been a part of. The things that God is opening up in this series, I'm just like, man, where was this when I started a long time ago? I mean, I'm the old guy now. I wish I had this like 30 years ago. But it's good stuff, and I think it's really going to, it's really going to help you. So we're going to look at four stories from the Old Testament where people gathered around a table and they were having a dinner together. And we're going to examine that relationship. And then we're going to contrast that with the stories of Jesus from the New Testament where he was also gathered around tables eating with people and how he handled relationships. So this is going to be a really fun series. So 1 Samuel chapter 20, we're going to start in verse 24. And let me help you a little bit here. So if you're new to the Bible... 
here's what's happening. Let me set it up. King Saul is the very first king of Israel, and he's not been obedient to God, and so God's favor and blessing and covering have come off of him, and he's kind of operating alone uh, without God, and he's okay with that. But it's made him very bitter, very angry, very jealous. He's specifically jealous of a guy named David. You may know David as this guy who killed the giant Goliath. And he's really jealous of David because he feels David is his threat to his throne. So he's so jealous, he wants to kill David. So there's this festival going on, and, and David is supposed to come to the festival along with Saul's son, Jonathan. Now, Jonathan and David, they're best friends, and, and so they're talking. David's like, dude, I am not going to this dinner. Your dad is going to kill me. I am not going to that dinner. He's like, my dad's not going to kill you. He's like, he's going to kill me. He goes, I'll tell you what. Jonathan says, I'll go to the dinner with my dad. And if I see that it's a threat, what I'm going to do is you hide out in the field. And then I'm going to come out and I'm going to shoot three arrows into the air. And when I shoot these three arrows, you're going to know whether my dad wants to kill you or not. So we begin with the dinner in verse 24. It says, so David hid himself in the field. And when the new moon festival began, the king sat down to eat. So he sat at his usual place against the wall. Jonathan sat next to him, or opposite him, and Abner beside him. But David's place was empty. Saul didn't say anything about it that day, for he said to himself, well, something must have made David ceremonially unclean. But when David's place was empty again the next day, Saul said to Jonathan, hey, why hasn't the son of Jesse been here for the meal either yesterday or today? So then Jonathan's trying to come up with an excuse, and he says, well... Uh, he asked me if he could go to Bethlehem. Uh, he had a family sacrifice thing he had to do. Uh, he said his brother made him go. So uh, let him go see his brothers. And that's why, that's why he's not here today, Dad. And Saul says, boiled with rage at Jonathan. And what he says next year, if you have the text open, you know what it says next. But if you don't, you're going to be like, did you just say that in church? Did some of you see it? You see what he said? It's not, it's not, it's not pretty, is it? This is his son. This is his son. And he says this, you stupid son of a whore. Wow. Man, how angry are you to say that? I love it. It, it, the scripture says he swore at him. Do you think I don't know that you want him to be king in your place, shaming yourself and your mom? As long as that son of Jesse is alive, you'll never be king. Now go and get him so I can kill him. So Jonathan flees from the table and he goes out to the field and he shoots these three arrows. David knows his life is in danger. So Jonathan and David, they come together in this field and they're best friends. They're, they're, they're best friends. They've been best friends for a long time and this is pretty much the last time they were going to see each other. It's a really hard moment for them. But in verse 42, go all the way down to the last verse. It says, at last Jonathan said this to David, go in peace, for we have sworn loyalty to each other in the Lord's name. The Lord is the witness of a bond between us and our children forever. And then David left and Jonathan returned to the town. Father, we are asking now in this moment that we have to share your precious scriptures that you would enlighten us, that you would help us to understand in our relationships ways that we can learn from these relationships. If you're not a follower of Jesus, I believe that he wants to speak to you today. You can make it a simple prayer today, just saying, all right, God, I don't, I don't know you. I, I wonder if you even exist, maybe. I think you do, but I need some help. So um, I'm here. Would you speak to me? 
Father, I would ask, too, that you would just use me in a way that your Holy Spirit just encourages all of us today. In Jesus' name. And the church set. Amen. Amen. All right, you may be seated. Well, my family and I um, have always eaten around the table. We, we love eating around the table together. We, Laura and I have four grown children. Uh, they're all out of the house now. Uh, but when they were kids, I used to just love to gather my family around the table. It was, this was my thing, okay, as a dad. It was the one way I could talk and communicate with them. But anybody who's ever had dinner around the table, it, it's, it's a challenge, is it not? It's hard to do, and we had four of these puppies to get around the table, and they were pretty spread out in age, too. We had a 16-year-old and a 2-year-old. Imagine trying to get them around the table. The 16-year-old, he had wheels, so he was always gone from the table, and the 2-year-old had wheels and was always gone from the table. I mean, anybody who's had teenagers and toddlers, you know what that challenge is like. But we would, we would sit around the table, we'd do these things called highs and lows, and um, I, basically we'd ask, I'd ask my kids, and we'd all say, what was, the, what was the win today, what was the good thing that happened, and, and what was something bad, what was something hard, and it really kind of gave me insight into their lives and kind of what was happening. We just had a lot of fun with that, and the, but there were times uh, that we just would do weird stuff. We are, we're, we're just a weird family, we would do the funniest stuff. Um, there was one point where the tension was rising at the table. Anybody? Anybody? It's rising. The stress is rising, and I can sense it's about to explode. So to keep it from exploding, I just said, all right, everybody, we are going to have a yelling contest. I'm going to count to three, and we're going to all yell as loud as we can. My kids were totally in. They love this idea. So I'm like, one, two, three, and all of us together, screaming as loud as we could, and then we stopped. And I thought, wow, that sounded like a blood-curdling scream. I hope the neighbors don't call the police. I was really thinking they might call the police on us. And then I I remember um, a couple of years after that, one one of the boys had uh, brought his girlfriend over to eat, and she sat down, and we were talking about that, that moment that we had, and we said, let's have another yelling contest. So we did. We're like, one, two, three, and everybody's like, rah! And that was the last we saw of that girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I remember we, uh, we would have food fights. I don't know why. Um, not, not a lot of them, but we would have, occasionally, we would have a food fight. Like, I remember one time uh, Jeremiah was sitting in this chair right here, and Laura was sitting there, and he had a spoonful of mashed potatoes. And I don't know what overcame him, but he just took the potatoes like this and pointed them at his mom. And she's like, oh, don't you, and before she could say dare, boom, he flipped the mashed potatoes, bam, hit her. And then Jeremiah looked at me like, dad's going to kill me dead. <laughs> and to be honest, I was kind of like, first I was wanting to say, you don't treat your mother like that. But then I thought, all right. So I grabbed a spoonful of potatoes, flipped it at him. Then the sister, his sister gets on us, she flips mashed potatoes. The next thing I know, we're grabbing lumps of mashed potatoes and throwing them at each other, wiping it in our hair. Mashed potatoes are going everywhere. I mean everywhere. They're on the lights, they're on the walls, they're in the carpet, they're, they're on the drapes. Years went by, we would still find mashed potatoes everywhere in this house. We would just, every once in a while, we'd do something like that. 
Now, I, I would love to tell you that um, our time around the table was always fun and, and games and laughter and lollipops. But we're a family. And honestly, sometimes the yelling, uh, it, was, it was real. It wasn't fun. And we were yelling at each other, embarrassingly yelling at each other. We had times like that in our home. It's just the truth. There are times that uh, I wish the fights were just food fights. No, they were legit. That left people broken, left people hurting, left people wounded. Um, many times where we would have to come back and really seek some reconciliation to, together for, for what happened, um, not just around the table, but in, in our lives. Why? Because, because we're a family. And that's what happens sometimes in the best of families. So you got Saul and, and Jonathan here in, in 1 Samuel chapter 20, and uh, they're sitting down for this family dinner, and, and suddenly there's these, these words that are, are spoken that are just unbelievable, unbelievable by Saul. And, and, he, and Saul picks up the spear in, in his anger, and he hurls the spear at, at, his, at his son to try and kill his son. And it's, how do you get to that level? If you're taking notes, I'd like for you to write this down because here's what I want you to hold on to and take with you today. It's just a real simple statement, but I hope that it'll stick with you. Spears kill. Spears kill. And arrows heal. Spears kill and arrows heal. See, Saul, he, he, he took his spear and he hurled it at his son, Jonathan, to kill him. But, but Jonathan, he went out into the field and he took three arrows. And with these three arrows, he, he brought healing to a relationship with his best friend, David. So what I want to do for the next few minutes is I want to I look at these, these three arrows. And I, I think there's just three arrows that I think will really bring healing to our relationships. And, and if we'll grab these three arrows and choose the arrows... I believe that God will bring healing. And these three arrows, they're, they're found at the um, end of chapter 20, where Jonathan is talking to David. And let's read this again. We read it just a moment ago, but let's read it again. So Jonathan said this to David. He said, go in peace, for we have sworn loyalty to each other in the Lord's name. The Lord is the witness of a bond between us and our children forever. So there, there's three arrows, and, and I, you might want to write these words down. And here's the three arrows that I want to give you that are directly out of this passage of Scripture. The first one is peace. It's the arrow of peace, choosing that arrow. Then there's the arrow of loyalty. And finally, the arrow of our bond. So first, I, I want to talk about this, this arrow of peace. The, the arrow of, of peace that Jonathan says in, in verse 42, he says, go in peace. That's what he says to his friend. But Saul's words to Jonathan were radically different. His reaction to, to this was completely different. Look at verse 30. Verse 30, this, this simple phrase that says, Saul boiled with rage at Jonathan. Like, like Saul, Saul let his anger get the best of him. He let his anger take control of him, and then he said some things that, that he would soon regret. Anybody ever been there? Anybody? Anybody? No? Okay, three of you. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, no, we've all been there, have we not? You're like, 
have I been there, Brad? Which incident do you want? Like, do you want the one on the way to church this morning? You want the one Friday with my boss, Thursday night with my wife, Tuesday morning with my kids, Monday with my neighbor? I mean, well, which one? Take, take your pick. It's just, it just, it's everywhere. Have you ever tried not to get mad? It never works, does it? I'm not, I am not going to get mad. I am not mad. Oh, you are so mad. I am not mad. I can tell you're mad. I am not mad. I can see it. You're getting, okay, now, now I'm mad. <laughs> or you do the countdown thing with your kids, parents, you know, you ever done that? Like, why do we do that? We, it's like our kids forget how to count. Like, I'm going to count from five to one. They're like, they, they've lost how to do that, okay? You're like, five, four, three. And it's not for their benefit, is it? You're not trying to get them to stop. You're just trying to keep yourself from killing them dead. Three, mama's going to kill you dead. Two, you're about to get, uh, you're about to get it. And you just you talk. You, you interrupt yourself because they're not moving. So you're trying to buy yourself some time. And you're, like, and, and you're like, get down to, to one. It sounds like a rocket is getting ready to launch, like NASA, you know. It's like, all right, all rockets are a go. We are a go. Ignition and blast off. Boom, you lose it as a, a parent. Um, here's, here's one of my favorite ones. He's try to change the subject. Oh, that always works. Yeah, you're, you're getting mad, so you're like, I'll just change the subject. This is, or you try to redirect somebody. You ever been redirected? I don't like to be redirected. Laura loves to redirect. I'm not kidding you. This week we were going out on our date. We're going out on our date. It's love. It's beauty. It's birds chirping. It's little cupids with arrows. I mean, it's just it's a beautiful date we're going on. We barely make it out of the neighborhood. I don't even remember what we were fighting about, but we just started escalating in the car, and you could tell, and we're supposed to be on this date, and it's just kind of escalating, and she's like, oh, look, it's a Jeep Cherokee, just like the one I used to have, and I was like, oh, no, you don't. No, bring that, Bobby, bring it back right, right now. I mean, we just try all, all of these different things. And, and so here's what we see is that, you know, um, in this passage of Scripture here, this first arrow is, is peace. And, and so Jesus, I want us to look at Jesus here because Jesus talks about peace. And he's having this dinner in the New Testament. You don't have to look it up. We'll put it on the screen for you so you don't have to flip back and forth today. But So he's gathered with his, with his friends, and they're having a dinner together. And we know it as the Last Supper. So he's gathered around this table, and he's with his disciples, and he talks to them about peace. And look at John 14, 27. Jesus said this, I am leaving you with a gift. Would you, he left us a gift. What is this gift? Say it with me. What? Peace of mind and heart. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give, so don't be troubled or afraid. Interesting thing is, before, before Saul ever used the, the, the spear, he, he used his words as a weapon. His, his words were, were his weapon, and he said these, these crazy, unkind things to, to his son. And is it not true that it's just easier to grab the spear? It's just easier. Man, it's, it's just easier to take a dig at somebody. 
It's easier to just slander somebody. It's easier to gossip about somebody. It's easier to just belittle somebody. It's, it's easier to just laugh at them. Like, <laughs> it's just easier. When, when Saul grabbed the spear, he left his son in pieces. And when we grab the spear and, and we belittle people or we backbite them or we talk behind their back or we gossip or whatever it is we're doing is we leave people in pieces. So none of us want to do this. None of us want to want to grab the spear. So how do we how do we lay down the spear? How how do we lay down the spear and and pick up the arrow of peace? Well, Jesus Jesus said he offers us peace. But but the thing is is he offers it it's sitting there on the table we have to pick up peace. He offers it to us, and we have to be the ones that will reach down and pick up the peace of Christ so that we can not leave people in pieces. So how do we do that? I just want to give you a question that I'd like for you to write down, and I, I think this question will, will help you a little bit when you're in the heat of the moment. When you want to reach down and you want to grab a hold of, a, of the spear Instead of the arrow of peace, and here's, here's the question right here that I'd like for you to write down. Will this leave them in peace, or will it leave them in pieces? Well, what I'm about to say or what I'm about to do, is it going to destroy the relationship? Is it, is it, is it going to wound them? Is it, is it going to belittle them? Is this not good for the relationship, or, or will this bring healing to the relationship. Is this going to bring healing to the relationship or is it going to damage the relationship? Is it going to bring, is it going to bring peace to the relationship or is it going to destroy the relationship? Which, which one is it? And when we, when we seek peace, we can lay down the spear. So the first arrow is picking up this arrow of peace so that I don't leave people in pieces. So the second arrow, let's talk about the second arrow. The second arrow that I want to talk about today is this arrow of loyalty, which Jonathan talks about in, in verse 42, again, going back to that, you don't have to look it up, but he, he just talks about how him and David had sworn loyalty to each other. And see, Saul, Saul, his issue was not anger. We like to think his issue was anger, or our issue is, is anger, but his issue was not anger. His issue was he felt threatened by David. That was the underlying issue, is he felt threatened, and honestly, with good reason. I mean, David was an amazing warrior. I mean, this guy had killed Goliath, okay? He'd, done, he'd killed more than Saul had ever hoped to, to kill. He was more popular and famous than, than Saul. They were writing songs about David, and they weren't writing songs about Saul. And Saul knew his throne had been taken away from him, and David was a threat to taking that throne. And so this, this happens to all of us. I mean, a lot of us are like Saul. There's, there's, times, that, there's times we all feel threatened, isn't there? Huh? I mean, I don't. I don't. But I know you do. I know there's times that you do. I'm just talking metaphorically about people that I know. Not that I ever feel that, but I know people do. For example, I know that I've met men before who feel threatened by other men. Not this man, uh, but other men that I've spoken to. Um, they feel threatened by their friends because their, their friends um, are smarter than they are. Like they, they have, uh, they're more highly educated and they say fancy words and they don't shorten their words to y'all and stuff like that. And 
Or they, uh, I mean, again, I met men like this. I'm just telling you what I've heard. <laughs> that, uh, I mean, that they, they've got a, a career. They've got a, they got a better career than me. They make more money. Man, they, look what they can do for their family that I can't do for mine. I mean, not that I've ever felt that way, but I know men who, who feel that way. I mean, they, we, whether it's money or, or, gosh, they pull up next to you in their car and you're threatened by their car, or, man, they can tuck their shirt in and grow facial hair. <laughs> Other men that I've met have feel, felt that way, okay? Um, and ladies, ladies, come on, ladies. Um, you can feel threatened, too, by your friends, people that you love, and suddenly you're like, wow, look at their house. Look at mine. Man, look at their kids. Wow, their kids are amazing. Oh, man, I hope they don't know about mine. Oh, look at their husband. A lot of work to do there. Don't do this. Do not do this, ladies. Man, look at what she wore today, and look what I'm wearing. And she can cook. Wow. We all feel threatened. I mean, we just do at times. Parents, we feel threatened by our kids especially if they outnumber us. <laughs> but we feel threatened by them, that, that, that we're going to lose control, that, that, that they're going to they're gonna somehow not, they're not, they're not going to listen to me. You will listen to me. I mean, so, so we, you, you will respect me. And, and so we try to, we try to control them, and we try to, because, because we're, we're, we're threatened by that. We're threatened that, man, maybe, maybe they won't think I'm that great of a dad. Maybe they won't think I'm that great of a mom, and so you give them things that they probably shouldn't have, but you give it to them. Not that I've ever done that, but I've heard of people that do that. We give them things or do things for them just so they will, because I'm putting out threatened, and I want, I want my kids to like me, and I wonder, I wonder if my kids ever wish someone else was their dad. I mean, I've never had that feeling. I'm just telling you what I've heard other people talk about. <laughs> Before, I mean, heck, we can even feel threatened by our parents. It doesn't matter if you're 15 or 55, right? <laughs> you think when you move out of the house, it's all over. Wow. <laughs> Wait till that happens, huh? Nothing better than being in your mid-30s and you're like, really, mom, I'm not six. I'm 36 and you're still trying to control me. I mean, you, and you feel threatened by your, your parents because they put unrealistic expectations on you. They want you to do this and be like this and wish you were like this person or more like that. And these, all these pressure they put on you. And then they, they, they talk to you, but they talk to you kind of uh, under their breath a little bit, you know? Oh, so, uh, so that's what you're going to do, son. Huh? Okay. What? Or, or, or they show up and they're like, oh, I guess uh, you didn't have time to pick up and clean? around here? <laughs> I mean, we can, all, we can all feel threatened at, at times in our, in our lives. And when, when we're threatened, our, our natural instinct is, is to protect ourselves. That's what our natural instinct is. Our natural instinct in that moment, like, like Saul, is, is to grab the spear. And this is what Saul does here, as we see in this story, is, is Saul, man, it's, it's about self-preservation, Man, he, he's looking at him, man, he, he, he ends up saying some incredibly hateful things. I mean, he loses control, and he hurls this spear at his son. See, this is what happens to us. Our emotional reactions lead 
to irrational decisions. Our emotional reactions lead to irrational decisions. We do stupid. We say stupid things. We wound people in stupid ways. So Jesus, let's go back to the Last Supper because Jesus can help us with this. In John 15, 13, he's still at this supper with his buddies and he says this, there's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Think about Saul. Saul is so threatened by David and losing his throne that he's willing to lay down his own son's life. How crazy is that? He's so threatened. But that happens to us, doesn't it? We can become so threatened that we act irrationally. I, I see this happen. I play basketball. And I mean, it's not great basketball. It's old man basketball. It's, uh, it's, we're all 40 and over. We play at a rec center. We play half court, okay? It's not that exciting, okay? But we play, and it's, it's fun. We have a good time. Um, and every time, not every time, but there are times when one of the guys, when they're dividing up the teams, will say, uh, he's not on, I'm not taking him. No, you got to take him. Because this guy doesn't have the skill set or, or the abilities, and, and he'll, des- he'll, he'll destroy that relationship for the sake of getting what they want. It's the craziest. I'm like, we're grown now. We're over 40. What are we doing? We're at a rec center, okay? There's no scouts in the stands. There's another game rolling around. It's not that big a deal, but we do it in every area of our life. And we do it over and over again. We do it in the workplace. We, we will backbite somebody and we will belittle somebody in the workplace just so we can get an advantage. We will, we will take the spear and we will belittle our spouse so I can get my way. We'll do what I want. We'll uh, talk about somebody on social media. I mean, not put their name in there, but we'll just put a little jab in there so people will know my side and they'll side with me. But, but, what Jesus talks about here is he says there's, there's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's own friends. And this is what Jonathan was willing to do. Think about this. Jonathan was the rightful heir to the throne. Like David should be a threat to him, but instead Jonathan's like, hey, I, I, I'll lay down my throne. I'm okay with that. Why, why, would, he, why would he do, do that? I, I think the reason Jonathan did that is because he was confident and he was secure in the Lord. He basically, he, he was like, I, I understand that like, I may not get the throne, but I'm just, I believe and trust that God is going to somehow work things out. He's got a plan and God, God's going to take care of me. That's what we have to learn to do in relationships. We have to learn to trust the sovereignty of God. I think the reason that so many times we pick up the spear is because we, we pick up the spear because we feel threatened and we feel like I'm not going to get what I'm supposed to get. So I'm going to take what I want to take, and we can't reach over and pick up and choose the arrow of loyalty. All right, God, you're sovereign over all things. Even if I don't get what I want, I'm going to trust that your plan is going to be fulfilled in my life. I'm going to trust that you're looking out for my best interest, so I'm willing to lay down the spear and pick up the arrow of loyalty. So how, how do we do that? In the heat of the moment, how do, how do we do that? I'm going to give you another question. I hope this question will help you. And 
This is the question that I want you to write down. Is this all about me? Is this all about me? Um, my way. We're going to do it my way. I'm going to get what I want. And ain't nobody going to stop me from getting what I want. Or could you maybe possibly lay down that spear and say, man, it's no. It can't be all about me. And I, I'm willing to sacrifice for others. And I'm willing to, to pick up the, the loyalty of the relationship. I want to be loyal to this friend, loyal to my family member, loyal to the people that I'm in relationship with. And I want to trust. I'm going to trust as I'm loyal in this relationship, the sovereign God of this world is going to take care of me. So there, there's a third arrow. The third arrow is our bond. Back in, in verse 42, Jonathan's talking about the bond. He says this, the Lord, is, the Lord is a witness of our bond forever. It's crazy as Saul, he, he picked up the spear and with just one hurl of the spear, he shattered that bond that he had with his son like, like forever. Just one hurl of the spear. It was crushing to, to Jonathan. Look at, look at what it says in verse 34. Jonathan says, Jonathan left the table in fierce anger. He, he refused to eat on that second day of the festival for what? Come on, say this with me. What? He was crushed. Come on, can you tell somebody next to you, do not crush it. Do not crush it. Don't crush it. He was crushed by his father's shameful behavior towards David. Man, most of the times we don't intend to crush our relationships. We just don't. Hey, that's not what I meant to say. I didn't mean it that way. That wasn't my intention. That's not what I wanted to see happen. I, I, I think it's a lot like getting a hangnail. You ever gotten a hangnail? And it's just irritating. It's like, oh. And it just, it just trumps everything in your day. Like, there it is. Me right now, you're like, I've got a hangnail. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> and you know, you know, you should get some clippers and clip it off the right way. <laughs> but it just gets to the point where it's so irritating. You just reach down with two fingers and rip that bad boy apart. Does that ever work out? Never. But we always do that. No, it leaves it bloody. It stings. I mean, and it, sometimes you can even get infected, and you're like, why did I do that? Listen, this happens to all of us in relationships in the heat of the moment. Your kid rolls their eyes at you, ah, and you rip at them. Somebody, somebody says something about you, and you rip at them on social media or in the workplace or, or behind their back. You've got, got a chance to talk smack about them, and you just rip that relationship apart. And it ends up bloody, and it, and it stings, and it sometimes gets infected, and it doesn't, it doesn't heal properly. It doesn't heal properly at all. So back to the, the Last Supper, Jesus hanging out with his best friends, and he's talking to them, and he says this. In John 15, 9, he says, I, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. And he said what? Say this with me, what? Remain in my love. When, when I remain in Christ, 
and Christ remains in me, his love can be pushed out to the relationships in my life. I remain in Christ, Christ remains in me, and then the love of Christ begins to, to come out of me. This is, listen, when you look at Saul, this is what Saul's problem was. This is what was happening to Saul. Saul had walked away from God. Saul had decided he was going to do things his own way. And the favor of God, the blessing of God had moved off of Saul. And so now he's operating alone. And what happens to him? He's bitter. He's jealous. He's resentful. He's envious. He feels like everybody is a threat to him. Does Does that sound familiar at all? That's what it's like to operate without God. But Jonathan, Jonathan has a complete opposite reaction. He could have the same one as his dad, but he doesn't. Why is that? I think it's because we see that Jonathan, he walked with the Lord. We see it all over this chapter. When you read in the chapter, it tells us 11 times, 11 times Jonathan looked to the Lord. Jonathan talked about looking to the Lord. He told David, I'm going to look to the Lord. I'm going to look to the Lord. And I trusted in the Lord. 11 different times he looked to the Lord. So I want to give you one more question. When you're you're thinking about picking up the spear, how do you resist picking up the spear and instead pick up the the arrow of our bond? Here's a question I want to give you. Will this strengthen or weaken our bond? Will this strengthen or will this weaken our our bond? In in, in other words, what I'm about to do, is this going to cause them to walk out of my life? Is this going to destroy what we're trying to build up? Or, or, or with my actions and, and what I'm about to say, is, is it going to build up our relationship? Is it going to strengthen our relationship? Is it going to make our, our relationship stronger? Will it, will it strengthen or will it, will it weaken our relationship? So about 10 years ago, I was the uh, youth pastor at this church. And when I was the youth pastor, we used to go on trips. And so we would go to the beach or we'd go uh, to the mountains to go skiing. And it was always funny, whenever we talked about going on trips, people would come up to us and go, hey, it must be nice to be going on vacation. They had obviously did not have a teenager or never worked with teenagers before because it's anything but a vacation. So we were on one trip where we went skiing. And um, we took with us our worship leader at the time, uh, he's not with us now, so it wasn't Eric and Daniel's a different uh, guy. And he went on this trip with us, and he, had, he was single. He did not have children. He had never worked with youth before. And we, him and I ended up in the junior high boys' bunkhouse. Junior high boys' bunkhouse. So uh, junior high boys, uh, they don't listen so well. They don't like to go to bed. They don't like to go to sleep. I knew this. I didn't really care. I rolled over, and I went to sleep. Not the worship leader. He's on the bunk ahead of me. He's, he's on top, on the top bunk. About 2.30 in the morning, I can feel him getting restless to the point where he finally just absolutely loses it, leaps out of the bed onto the floor, boom! And he says, everybody go to sleep now! At which point, I curled up in the fetal position and went to sleep right then. Scared me to death. I was like, man, dude. There's always one sponsor that loses it on every trip. <laughs> That's always one. So um, the next day, uh, we're out in the parking lot. And I'm standing in the parking lot, and I hear one of the 
teens say, hey, Pastor Brad. And I turned. He was standing about six feet from me. He hurls a snowball as hard as he can in my direction. And it pops, boom, right in the center of my nose, in my face. It wasn't a snowball. It was an ice ball. (laughs) Six feet away knocks my glasses off. I feel like my nose is broken. And right in that moment, I would love to tell you that the Spirit of God moved upon me. But he did not. In that moment, I lost my salvation. I picked up the spear. He saw the look on my face, and he turned around, and he took off running. I would love to tell you that I just let it go, but oh no, not in that moment. I take up, I am running after this kid. I am going to kill him dead. He is going to meet his savior. I am going to pummel him right here. I, I'm the youth pastor. I'm ordained minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and I leap into the air. And realize, I'm about to go to jail. (laughs) And right in that moment, the Holy Spirit, in his mercy and his grace, intervened for this child and said, what are you doing? And as I came down, this kid was about the same size I was, as I came down on him, I bear hugged him and we rolled over into the parking lot and I came up on him and I went, ha ha, yeah, and I got up and I walked away. (laughs) Man, that was close. Here's the thing we all have to remember is that um, relationships are not indestructible. It can be crushed. It can be broken into pieces. Spears kill. But arrows, arrows heal. And, and, and I, have, I have a choice. You see, here, here's, here's the thing about, about arrows and, and spears is that the, the, the choice is always in my hands. Am, am I going to choose the the spear that kills, or am I going to choose the the arrows that heal? Am I going to choose peace? Am I I going to choose to to love this person and not chew them up into pieces? Am I going to choose loyalty? Am Am I willing to lay down my desires for the sake of the relationship? I can choose the bond, the bond of our relationship, and and, and, and not hurl that spear that could, that could kill it. I, I, wanna, I, want it, I want it to be strengthened. See, the choice is, is, choice is in our hands. It's our, it's our decision. 